but my name is Jawahar. I'm the founder of and co-owner of Cat Calls of Bahrain. Um, I've been working actually with Manama Hub a lot recently to try to branch out um, my platform to try to educate as many people as possible and contribute as, as much as possible to try to lower the amount of harassment that goes on and simultaneously um, empower individuals who have been through different forms of sexual and street and cyber harassment. Great. And um, I guess our first question for you, um, after having you say that, is uh, what um, what made you decide to kick off your platform, Cat Calls of Bahrain? So I've been sexually harassed and uh, catcalled many, many times in my life. And uh, I've always wanted to do something where I've, I've always wanted to do something about it. It's always uh, kind of boiled my blood. It gets me very angry and it's something that I don't want anyone to go through. So what actually pushed me over to start this campaign is um, I was reading the penal code of Bahrain for fun because that's what any normal person does. And uh, I saw this article of law that prohibited any form of uh, street harassment. So like, I, I realized catcalling is illegal. I need to educate as many people about this as possible. I want everyone to know that catcalling is illegal because you don't have to report it, but just knowing that it's illegal, it would somewhat make you feel safer and more empowered. So that's pretty much why, <laughs> that, that's what uh, pushed me over. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back sort of, but in a good way. But yeah, I've always wanted to do this anyway. Yeah, and I, I think um, from what you just said, you've experienced it and then realized it's actually a problem. And then you notice that, um, you know, it's actually illegal. And like you said, you wanted people to realize that it is. And, you know, when, when you know that it's illegal, you you have a feeling or that you're, you're more um, able to, you know, to talk about it and to, to tell people or to report it even. So that's good. And Fabian, do you want to ask your question? Yeah, um, I completely agree. I feel like a lot of people don't even realize it's illegal, especially because we live in an Arab society. It's kind of something parents don't talk about. So um, my other question was, so as one of your goals is to encourage people to report harassment or at least talk about it as uh, to the police, um, how does it make you feel already making such a huge change and creating a large movement in helping women about their situations that they may have concealed before? Because a lot of women have come out to you about it and confided in you. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, you guys are giving me a bit more credit than I deserve. I have not created a big enough change. Uh, I have not created the amount of change that it would, I would like to. Yes, I've created a platform in which people feel safe coming forward about their stories. However, I have not really made Bahraini society and Bahrain as a whole a safe place for survivors of sexual harassment and assault. So although, yes, it feels nice that people feel comfortable coming forward to me, I have not created a sort of systemic societal the, the the systemic societal change that i would like to create so i do not feel fulfilled yet yeah and that's understandable it's just we need to uh, solve the problem from the roots so if the government makes change that's when we're going to see results so um Umaima has another question yeah so um i think out of all the problems we face in our society um that you could have targeted what i mean apart from your experience uh, with harassment, what encouraged you to be an advocate for human rights and anti-harassment? 
So in terms of human rights, I, I don't know if this uh, is acceptable to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I do have members of my family who have been deprived of their human rights, sort of. And I've also always been an advocate for human rights. I don't know if I can go into much detail with it going online, but I, I see human rights violations happening every day all around me in this country, outside of this country. It's, uh, you know, something I'd love to change. You once said that the common factor in all cases where people are of all levels of modesty have been degraded um, by these perpetrators is the awareness and ethnic and education of these perpetrators. So I just wanted to ask, other than teaching victims how to handle their cases of harassment, what are you doing in order to help educate and encourage the way Bahraini men and Bahraini society deal with situations in order to avoid such circumstances in the future? So because we don't live in a sort of perfect world or a perfect society, uh, sadly, I do have to target the survivors of sexual harassment and assault to try to empower them. But I am still trying to target these uh, perpetrators. So I have this project going on. I can't really share much detail about it because it's still in the works, but I am targeting schools and trying to host uh, workshops in which we try to prevent people from becoming perpetrators of sexual harassment and assault. Yeah, that, that's a really good idea, especially because um, I feel like parents don't do that. And so if like school at least does that, because that's how we like grow up in a way, because school teaches us things, I think that's a really good idea. And I understand you can't exactly give us that much detail because it's still in the works. Um, so I would like to ask you next, um, what are your thoughts on how parents approach such situations? And um, I think you've also posted this on your page or on your story. Um, so what do, you, what do you have to say about that and how can things be changed? So in terms of a parental figure or a guardian, I think it's best to be as open and honest with your children as possible and to encourage them to be as open and honest as possible. Uh, there have been many cases in which people have been harassed online and sexually harassed in real life. And people would use the parent excuse of, oh, I'm going to go tell your parents if you don't do X, Y, Z. Um, they'd use that to try to manipulate these victims as much as possible. And that's one thing that just doesn't sit right with me. If I had any advice that I could tell parents, I would be, I, I would tell them to try to be as open and honest with their kids as possible. And even if they like messed up or did something that's wrong on their end, and they're coming forward to you because they're in a sort of critical bad situation, do not punish them because that will discourage them from coming forward to you because you as a parental figure or as a guardian are responsible for the well-being of your child. And if they don't come forward to you and it's too late, they could be in a terrible situation, like a situation that's much worse than a tinier situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right on that. And um, yeah, you're right about parents being uh, more open to their children and allowing them to be open to them because like you said, it could make things worse. Okay, um, I just wanted to add, so you've had a successful career so far with your popular platform. I've seen many people talk about it. It's doing really well. And I just wanted to ask, are there any plans that you have of expanding your target audience, which you already answered in the beginning, um, in the future, um, to not just Bahrain, but a more global view, like in other countries, once you're done here? So that would be amazing. I'd like to still focus on the Middle East because this is my home. This is where I've grown up and lived my entire life. I don't know about the Western world, but yeah, maybe the GCC or just the MENA region as a whole. I have a lot of connections to uh, anti-harassment advocates in Egypt. So 
yeah, the Minang region would be great. I'm very familiar with it. I'm very familiar with the mindset of people and the societal sort of construct, like the construction of society as a whole. So I'd love to branch out to the MENA region, maybe not worldwide though. Okay, and I think um, another question that we'd have for you is about why clothing shouldn't matter when it comes to sexual harassment. That sounds like a heated debate, so what are your views? Uh, This has been a touchy issue with me since I was a child. Mm -hmm. I remember the first like sort of restriction my mom set on me at the age of nine was no spaghetti strap. Uh, And that sort of, I don't know, it just bothered me. Why are you telling me, a nine-year-old child, not to wear a piece of clothing, like, because it'll tempt pedophiles or something? Now, I love my mom with all my heart. She's, like, one of the best people ever, but um, it stuck with me, and I don't like seeing people blaming victims for what they were wearing, because people get sexually harassed anywhere and everywhere, regardless of what they're wearing. I have this quote somewhere in my notes app. so different perpetrators perpetrate dif- depending on different situations. So let's say someone is going to go tar- like a perpetrator is going to go target a person who has XYZ characteristics, whereas another perpetrator would target someone else with XYZ characteristics. And most of the time, perpetrators like to target people with that, you know, have their hair out or have their shoulders out or whatever. But it's not my fault that this person decided to target me. How are you going to blame me? How are you going to blame my clothing if there have been people who have been groped and touched without consent in Mecca, who have been covered up fully in places of worship? It's obvious that it is never the victim's, like, it's never the clothing that's the issue. It's never the victim's problem. It's always the perpetrator. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That's true. Um, I just wanted to add, so out of all the problems that we face in our society, and um, I'm sure because you're also a human advocate, you would understand, what encouraged you to be um, a female advocate for human rights and anti-harassment? And will you choose to pursue a career in le- like in legal advocacy in the future? So what encouraged me is, uh, I don't know, actually, I've always been interested in the law. And knowing that law in theory is very different from law and application has always made me feel a certain way. And in terms of a career, working in government to create systemic change sounds really nice, hypothetically, and I would love to try to pursue that maybe. But we know that corruption is everywhere. And I don't know if I, I don't know what it's like working in government, but it seems like it's a bit too much to handle. Maybe I can influence other people in government to create change. Uh, But I I don't know if I would like to pursue a career in this, like in terms of making capitalizing off of my hobbies, I wouldn't know. Honestly, I can't answer. Okay, that's fine. So why do you think people are usually afraid or usually refrain from complaining about different types of harassment, whether they are a victim or a witness of it? So lack of education is a big one. Another thing is the way that people treat victims of sexual harassment. Let's say if I was robbed, I don't think the first question someone would ask me is, what were you wearing? Were you drinking? What time were you out? No, they would ask, can you describe the robber? Whereas let's say if I was uh, sexually harassed, the first question someone would ask me is, what were you wearing? What time were you out? Were you drinking? Did you 
feel like you were inviting it somehow. It's, it's very discouraging when people ask these kind of questions that are very evidently sort of putting the blame on you. It's very discouraging for someone to come out and come forward and speak about it. And I totally understand if someone just did not feel comfortable to share their experiences. And I sympathize with these people. Okay, that's a good answer for that. Um, I think, like you said, most of the time victims feel like the blame is on them instead of uh, the person who committed the act. And that's why they feel like they don't want to tell the world about, you know, not the world, but at least tell someone they trust or report it even. Yeah. I just wanted to add, so considering how like older generations and older society kind of like put these views on us, there was like, what were you wearing? What were you doing? Like you just said, um, how do you think that you could influence their ideologies? Because they're very like set in place and stationary. It's very hard to change the way they think. So I'm, this is the reason why I'm not targeting the older generation. While I do like to have talks with my own family and the people around me, and I do think that does make a difference, I'm targeting the younger generation because at a certain point in time, this younger generation is going to be the older generation. We're going to be the parents. We're going to be the grandparents. We're going to be the parents and guardians of smaller children and smaller people. So this change will be gradual and will take time, but I want to influence the people our age to be more um, not open and tolerant, be less tolerant of sexual harassment and be more tolerant of, you know, women and no, not women, but people coming forward, telling their stories about being sexually harassed, sexually assaulted. And I want them to care. I want people to care. I don't want people to blame the victim. I want our generation to be the generation that is different, the generation that, that is more tolerant, that, you know, I, I can't put this into words, but this is why I'm targeting our generation. So I'm not trying to change those people who have very stagnant minds. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I feel like it's going to make more change if you focus on our generation. Um, and I think we might have one final question from Amaima. Yeah, and I think uh, we'd go back to catcalling which is somewhat your area of focus when you um, advocate against it. What are the root causes? Uh, root causes, I like it because it rhymes. It's education, segregation, and temptation in terms of this side of the world. Education, people are not educated about the different forms of sexual harassment and what constitutes as sexual harassment and what does not constitute as sexual harassment. Some people think, oh, like shouting, hey, baby, mama, come to my car is not sexual harassment. They're obviously not educated about this subject matter. Segregation, I see this particularly in the University of Bahrain. It's a very segregated university. People like women and men sit on opposite sides of uh, the classroom. Um, a lot of the time, uh, women and men are not actually permitted to walk very close to each other. I've been, I had a violation because I was walking too close to a guy friend of mine and we weren't even touching, but uh, they're segregated. The, so they're not exposed to each other and they don't understand how they work. So that's why a lot of the time men are perpetrators of sexual harassment or, or catcalling, which are typically men think that women find it flattering for them to catcall them, but it's really not, but they don't understand that. Or it could also be a power play as well. But with temptation, because people are segregated, people are tempted to sort of do these terrible things. You know, it's, oh, I've been separated from the opposite sex my whole life. Now I'm going to go crazy, you know? Yeah. Great. So uh, moving on to our last question that we usually ask our speakers 
based on their area of expertise or right now while we're on the subject, what piece of advice could you give or share to the youth? Please, please, if you are, if you have fallen victim to sexual harassment or assault or any kind of harassment or assault, please do not blame yourself. It is not your fault and you have the right to report this to the police. If you're above the age of 18, you can go and your family will not know. If you're under the age of 18, you can go with a parent, sibling, aunt or uncle. I know that for sure in terms of cyber harassment, you can go with a parent, sibling, aunt, or uncle. But if it's uh, sexual harassment, I'm not very sure. But please, please, if you don't feel comfortable reporting it, at least contact Shamsaha. They offer emotional support. They offer uh, actually great emotional support. And um, they're always kind of there for you. And the overall message, don't blame yourself and seek help. Wonderful piece of advice that I hope our audience would take seriously if they're ever in such a situation. Thank you so much, Ms. Johar, for being here today and um, for giving us um, your thoughts on this type of uh, issue. Um, and I think we really need to be able to talk about this more often, not have it be kind of a taboo thing. So, yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amima and Fatma, for this opportunity uh, and for giving me this platform. I know it is a touchy subject, so it is very sort of brave of you to reach out to someone like me. Thank you very much. You guys are doing amazing. Thanks again for the billionth time. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being honest because I feel like, like you said, it's very touchy and it's hard to talk about certain things because of the way society works, especially in countries. I mean, in every sector of the country, like you said. Um, so thank you. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And let me know if you need anything. Also, I'm like always here if you experience anything or if you know anyone who's experiencing anything, please let me know. I can definitely, you know, send you guys resources and at least offer some sort of contribution or help. Great. Thank you so much, Mr. Oh, great day, guys.